Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse that I offered at a satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions. While he gave me the teachings I share here, most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidanandamurtaye Nishpapanchaya Shantaya Niralambaya Tejase Uttanandaya Gurave Shisha Samsara Harane Bhakta Kayaika Dehaya Namaste Chitsaratmane Eta Veja Gata Meva Samsara Nava Setave Prabhabe Saiva Vidyanam Shambhabe Gurabe Namaha Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshvara Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Tasmai Shri Gurabe Namaha Om Svarupa Svasvabhava Namo Namaha Om I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. About to your own self, your own being, your own isness, your own shivaness. Again and again I bow. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha. Sacred, holy, and pure. When you look in a baby's eyes, what do you see? It's mesmerizing, I know. You don't even have to be related to the baby. Something happens when you look in a baby's eyes. They are so open, so clear, so, I don't know, transparent. The best way I can describe it is that When you look in a baby's eyes, you can see all the way to God. That's what I see when I see you. But you don't see you that way. My Baba described your habitual awareness as 
I am an individual being. I am small. I am limited. When I look in your eyes, I see that you are looking at your limitations, your needs and fears, but you could look deeper within. That's what satsang is all about. That's why I come to you, and hopefully that's why you come to see me. So you see you. So you can look into your own eyes and see all the way to God. Because that's who's inside. When I first came to Baba and his teachings, I was enthralled. I finally heard things on the outside that I had a subtle sense of on the inside, a vague inner sense I couldn't hang on to. Baba made that inner sense more tangible, more constant, more flowing, always available. And Baba put it into words. That's what the guru does. Describe the indescribable. Explain the unexplainable. Make you able to see who the seer is. Your own self. This is explained in the Spandakarikas, verse 4.1. My guru's words are like a boat taking me across the fathomless ocean of my doubting my essential nature. I honor and enter into my guru's words. They are profound, easy to understand, and make me able to rest in deepening inner stages of blissful consciousness. Agada samshayam bodhi samutaranatarinim pandevi chitraitabhadam chitram tamguru bharatim. My guru's words are like a boat taking me across the fathomless ocean of my doubting, my essential nature. I honor and enter into my guru's words. They are profound, easy to understand, and make me able to rest in deepening inner stages of blissful consciousness. Truly, Baba did this for us. He took the expansive and subtle teachings of the sages of India, and he made them accessible. He distilled them down to a simple verse, know your own self, honor your own self, bow to your own self, worship your own self. God dwells within you as you. For me, it was so affirming to hear that God dwells within me. It affirmed a feeling I had had since I was a child. I clearly remember that feeling all the way back. At first, however, I really only got his teaching up to a certain point. Baba said, God dwells within you. And inside was going, yeah, yeah, yes, Baba, I get it, I get it. And then he would finish the teaching as you, huh? I didn't understand. What do you mean that God is in me as me? God is in me, yes, but as me? What's that? I'll use water as a metaphor. Water becomes rain, becomes lakes and oceans and waterfalls. Water becomes ice and snow. 
So it's like I'm talking to the falling snow. Water dwells within you as you. We know that snow is a form of water, but it is many unique forms, lots of individualized snowflakes. They're all water. If I catch a snowflake on my glove, I can tell it water dwells within you as you. So Baba said, God dwells within you as you. You are God in a unique and individualized form. It's all logical and it all makes sense, but I couldn't take it in. Not for years and years and years. I'd sit with Baba and experience God, but I wouldn't be God. I had great inner experiences with him, fortunately, over many years of living and studying with him. It's kind of like I had a cell phone with bad reception and I'd hear, God dwells within you. And I wouldn't even realize that I missed something. Yet something was happening inside. I had a growing feeling of sanctity, a feeling of holiness. I was familiar with this feeling from being in churches and temples and from visiting holy mountains and rivers. I had attended Vedic fire ceremonies with one of them lasting three days. I knew sacred. I knew holy. What was different was that this was happening inside and all the time. I was feeling this sacredness, holy and pure, everywhere I went, no matter who I was with. It was a constant and deeply reassuring feeling, like being wrapped in a fuzzy blanket. No, better, better yet. It's like I was always being held by God. I didn't realize that this inner hug was coming from within me. It's like I would walk down the street and this circle of sacredness went with me wherever I went, totally portable, completely divine. I was surprised when I realized that other people were affected by it. They would walk up to me in the grocery store or in Starbucks and say, don't I know you? You look like my sister. Or you look like my friend from high school. You remind me of someone. Yes, I reminded them of their own self. They recognized something, a connection, a feeling, a sense of wholeness that they used to experience with that other person. It really had nothing to do with my clothes or my hairstyle or the shape of my face. They loved the feeling, a familiar feeling of self that they associated with this other person. And they were getting that feeling from me. Well, I associated this feeling of wholeness, of selfness with my Baba. I experienced it deeply and consistently when I was with him. So I wanted to spend more time with him, duh. And it worked. I felt this holiness, this wholeness and holiness When I was with him, I was like a fish in water. It was the way I always wanted to live. 
So it was really surprising to me when I started feeling this feeling all the time. I didn't have to work at it. It was spontaneous, like breathing. It just happened. Now, I had done some work to prepare for this. I had done lots and lots of yoga and meditation, lots of chanting and seva, doing ashram work for my baba. I had studied sutras and done lots and lots and lots of mantra. Like Baba told us to do, I repeated mantra inside as I fell asleep every night. Then, when I'd rouse or turn over, I'd check to see if mantra was still going on. If not, I started it up again. And when I woke up, I'd check to see if it was still going. If not, I got it going again. It took me about two years to get there to where the mantra went on all night long. I didn't need a recording because it was ever resounding within. It was a big improvement over the inner awareness I'd started with. I am an individual being. I am small. I am limited. Oh, my mind could still conjure up the doubts and fears, at least for a little while after that. But once I started living in the divine circle of sanctity, the old thoughts couldn't hold me like before. Thank you, Baba. Baba says you can't get there by yourself. In this quote, he says, one cannot uplift oneself. And he explains why. All your life, you have been hearing that you are a sinner. Your teachers all the holy books and people pursuing different religious paths have been telling you that you are a sinner and you have come to believe it. In this way, you impose the idea of sin onto the self, which is totally pure and free from sin. It is because one has this wrong understanding that one identifies oneself with the wrong things. This is why one cannot uplift oneself. It's true. Right there in the house of God, you're told that you're inherently flawed, that there is something deeply and irrevocably wrong with you. You were taught to believe in your unholiness, in your wretchedness and sinfulness. At least I was taught that. But your beingness is pure. It always has been. It always will be. You know, there's nothing you can do to diminish the light of the sun. Similarly, there's nothing you can do to diminish the light of your own beingness. Just like clouds can cover the sun, your wrong ideas can hide your light. But the sun shines fully behind the clouds. Your own self shines fully in the realms of pure beingness, deeper within, beyond your mind. As Baba said, you impose the idea of sin onto the self, which is totally pure and free of sin. It is wrong understanding. You believe in your own puniness. So you shrink back or you overcompensate, you pump yourself up, try to make yourself look better, make yourself be better, or just hide away, 
Meanwhile, inside, you're always cutting yourself down. You impose the idea of smallness on your greatness. Your greatness is inherent to you. Your small thinking and puny sense of self is like wearing a shoe that is two sizes too small. It pinches. It rubs. It hurts. But it's just wrong understanding. Let's call it misinformation. Your current worldview is incomplete. Maybe even inaccurate. Worse, your worldview causes you pain. But once you invest yourself in misinformation, you have a double task ahead. You have to unlearn the limited stuff. Plus, you have to learn something new. Working with your mind alone is not enough. Parroting the theory doesn't do it. I had a friend who taught her parrot to say the mantra. Was the parrot on the way to enlightenment? No. But he was helping her. (laughs) The words, the teachings alone are not enough. Theory is important, but it's not enough on its own. We know about theories. Competing theories make for family arguments as well as political news. So yoga says you have to go beyond the theory. You must have an experience. It's only when you feel it inside that you know it to be true. You must have an experience of your own holiness, of your own divine essence. Once you experience God within, you know that God is within. Once you experience that God is being you, you know who you really are. For that experience, you go to one who knows. You cannot uplift yourself any more than you can talk yourself out of your pain and fear. All the talking in the world just doesn't touch it. But when someone looks you in the eyes, like they look into the eyes of a baby, all your pain and fear disappear. You just need someone who can see God in you, like they see God in a baby. That's why I went to my Baba. I could tell that when he looked at me, he saw me in a way that nobody else saw me. I felt seen, truly seen. And being seen in that way made me feel present, made me feel whole. I had a sense of wholeness that is holiness, this feeling that I experienced at Baba's feet. It grew into a constant pervasive feeling. It just is. This is what made Baba so great. This is what made Baba so popular, so well-loved, so important in the world of yoga, that he could make you feel your own holiness. Sri Guru Gita explains it. Birth is into not knowingness, spellbound by Maya's worldly dance. Giver of the upwelling light of your own self is called Guru. 
Gudha vidya jagan maya dehe chanyana sambhava Urayo yat prakashena guru shabdena katyate Guru Gita verse 10 Birth is into not knowingness spellbound by Maya's worldly dance. Giver of the upwelling light of your own self is called Guru. In other words, the title Guru is not bestowed by a university, not by a temple, not even by an ashram. It's not something you can earn by repeating mantra enough thousands of times, nor by memorizing enough sutras. It doesn't come from what you have done or where you have been. Only one who gives people the experience of their own self is qualified to be called guru. That's what the word means. One who takes you when you're stuck in the goo and moves you like a little boy with a toy truck. (laughs) Goo means not knowing of self. Ru means the dispelling of the not knowing, like sun burns away the fog. Because I am a representative of a lineage of great gurus, their dispelling power (laughs) flows through me. In the same way, it flows through all the teachers I've trained. We do a ceremony to install them in that flow when they graduate from teacher training. This divine power also flows through you when you allow it. It's like sunlight shines through all the windows of the house. You have to actively work to block it. And unfortunately, you know how. All you have to do is think, as Baba described, I am an individual being. I am small. I am limited. I call it your puniness. Now, you know, with Charles being installed as the king of Great Britain, they call him your highness, but you go by your puniness. Oh, the mind. It installs the clouds that block the sun. Your mind recites the litany of your limitations, imposing puniness on your greatness. You work hard at making yourself small. Instead, you can use your mind to attune yourself to your inherent sacredness. You can use your mind to invoke the blessings of the lineage. You can use your mind to live in the flow of the dispelling power, the light that banishes dark. Now that's a good use of your mind. What is the name of this dispelling power? In Sanskrit, it is called guru. This Sanskrit word means revelation, also called divine grace. Revelation means your own godness is revealed to you, within you. It's not about others seeing you as divine. It's about you seeing you as divine. I see you as divine. So can't you see you as divine? Who do you believe, you or me? (laughs) 
Remember, your eyes were baby's eyes once. And everyone around you loved to look into your eyes. Why? Because they could see all the way to God. Can you? Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha.